On today's show, we learn how to be more productive, how to balance your work and life, and some techniques on enhancing your productivity. And make sure you stay tuned right to the end to get a free trial with Cave Day. Good morning, evening, or afternoon, depending on where you are in the world, as one of our millions of Raf Chats listeners. On today's show, we are incredibly privileged to be joined by the wonderful Jeremy Redleaf, who is one of the founders at Cave Day. Now, I won't spoil any of it. I won't give you too many hints as what this product is because we're going to hear lots more about it. Um, I actually heard about it on the Harvard Business FOMO podcast, and I won't lie to you, I got incredibly passionate about the idea. I thought, I'm going to reach out to these people until they'll come on my show. So, Jeremy, welcome to the show, and what is Cave Day? So glad to be here, Raph. Thank you. I, you know, I really... I really responded to the passion in your email, and that's why I'm here. So, um, the uh, so so Cave Day is a uh, we we run group focus sessions over Zoom. We also used to do them online when uh, in person when people used to meet in person. Uh, but but these days we do group focus sessions online all day long, every day for a worldwide community. So think like CrossFit for your work. So we get we come together. Yep. Everyone shuts out distractions, works on one thing at a time. And we hold each other accountable to working with full focus um, for, for one to three hours at a time. That's brilliant. Absolutely superb. I mean, the, the reason this, this sort of service resonated so much with me, is I, I've been fortunate enough to get relatively far through higher education and work and things to, um, but, but I've got there through not my, not, if it, not through IQ, through um, sort of developing and maximize my productivity. And when I heard about this, I thought it was such a, a wonderful thing because all the stuff that you're embedding in your group working sessions is what I've over the last couple of years tried to embed in the way that I do deep work. I know, I know Cal Newport would have probably uh, been, a, been, an av- <laughs> been an advocate of uh, the stuff that you guys are doing, but it's just, it's just wonderful. So you talked about getting people to focus on uh, one task. So talking around monotasking. Yeah, sure. So we call it monotasking. Some people call it single tasking. Mm-hmm. And the idea is it's just the opposite of multitasking. So, yep. you know, multitasking is really just a thing that amateurs do. It's it's this thing that we think we can do, but research shows that it actually uh, is ineffective and, and that can actually make our work slower. So, you know, the brain can only process a certain number of bits of information at any one time. And so um, if you're splitting that between two different things, you're splitting your uh, your intelligence. So, that plus the idea that if um, you know when we when we jump from one thing to another, you know I work on my my report for ten minutes and then I go to Instagram for five minutes mm-hmm. and then I go back to my report. There's it's not just you know there's more of a loss. So it takes the average person about twenty three point two five minutes to recover from from that task squ- switch or distraction. Um, mm-hmm. That's out of the, the uh, research out of the uh, UC California Irvine. And another researcher called that attention residue. So we're all gunking up our days with this attention residue, right? So when we multitask, we're, we're actually leaving a lot of productivity on the table. And that's the place to start. Like, what, what if I'm getting in the way of my best work? 100%. And I think that's the case and definitely has been the case for all of us. When you, when you reflect back on some of the work you've done, you've thought when you do enter that flow state, not only do you get stuff done so much quicker, but the quality of it, and it, it's the trying to reset to get back into that flow state that, that takes so much time and why monotasking itself so powerful. I was lucky that because I wasn't that bright naturally, I, uh, I had to monotask, otherwise I would get nothing done. Yeah, well, I, and, I know you're joking about yourself, but it is actually <laughs> a form of intelligence to be able to know your, your, uh, you know where, your, where your weaknesses are and to mm-hmm. solve for them. I think that's like a... That's one of the core intelligences is, is one being 
being willing to be humble enough to, to realize that and work around it rather than just pretend like nothing is wrong. Um, I'm the same way too. You know, I've, a lot of my success is because I've been, I've been, been willing to admit where I need help and, and gone out and, and sought that help. I think I think that's half the trick, Jeremy. After those sentiments, you'll be most definitely invited back on the program. <laughs> <laughs> Good, my so work just, here is done. Work here is done. Perfect. We've done it, and this is the quickest podcast ever. Five minutes. Um, so I was. It's really interesting. So let, play out the scenario for me. So um, I'm Raf Garcia. I'm uh, doing my bit of consultancy work. Um, I'm doing a bit of work for a number of clients, and I'm finishing my thesis. I'm applying for some jobs. Um, how would I go about the process of joining Cave Day? And then what would I expect on sort of my first session? Sure, yeah. So, you know, you come to cavedayorg and you'll see a list of uh, classes uh, for the day and you, you join a class. So we, we have memberships, you know, the unlimited memberships uh, to, to come. You can also drop into any cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll actually give a free cave to some of your listeners. Uh, stay tuned later for that code. And Beautiful. So, so you come, you show up, and... Um, and you'll be greeted by a cave guide. Every every cave is led by a trained cave guide um, who facilitates a, an experience. So um, there'll be a check-in. You'll check in around your work. We'll break out into a small group. Um, we'll encourage you to get everything out of the way, close all tabs and apps you don't need, get your phone out of sight, all these things that get in the way of our best work and help make it harder to hit that flow state. So once we all do that, we're all com- we're all here committed to working. We keep our cameras on, and we work, we work in uh, deep work sprints and then energizing breaks. A deep work sprint is when we're all working with full focus, uh, and we don't tell you how long they are because the goal is for you to let go of time. Um, you know, research shows that the flow state is correlating, correlated with surrendering to time. So, you know, we have there are two types of time. There's time on the watch, Chronos time, as mm-hmm. the Greeks called it, and then there's Kairos time. Uh, mm-hmm. Kairos time is that is is where that where flow happens when you sort of you know you lose track of where you are. You're just so involved in your work and you you forget to eat. Um, that's when you know you're in Kairos time. So we hold time for the people in the cave. Um, they're between 35 and 52 minutes. That's based mm-hmm. on a bunch of different research studies that we read and what we've seen has worked in, uh, over the last three years. So we run these deep work sprints, and then in between we, we run energizing breaks. And so those are physical, uh, emotional, spiritual, community-based. You know, We're just trying to keep things interesting, give your mind a break, brain teasers, all sorts of different things um, to just to give you a break from your work. Your work needs breaks. That's one of the things that people don't realize at first, that um, even if you were, you know, just super involved in your work, um, after about 52 minutes, our, our brain does need a break. You do need to take at least five, you know, two to five minutes to, to re-energize. And so, um, so when you're working on your own, that's also something to consider too. But most people don't feel comfortable taking a break because they're not actually working with full focus mm-hmm. before that. So if we work with full focus for a sprint, uh, we found that people feel better about taking breaks and it feels like you've earned it. 100%. I mean, I, I was lucky enough that I, I cottoned onto the, those ideas, but I actually leveraged my understanding through from physical training. So in the sense that you can justify your rest time through mm. the how hard you train in your training sessions. And, and, and also you do your training increases by the more diligently you practice both training and deep work when you're in a training session, but yeah. also how diligently you focus on your recovery. And for me, it's been the same with uh, creative endeavors or with uh, with work endeavors, that it's, it's one of those ones. And I also find that the enjoyment of the work is significantly compounded the more you can enter those flow states. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It, it, you know, so maybe we should just define flow state for everyone. Uh, because that's a word that gets tossed around a lot, but what does it mean? It comes from a book from the 70s uh, by a psychologist named Mihai Ch- uh, Chinkset Mihai, 
and uh, and flow is that feeling where where you know time melts away, where you're really just like coasting. You're, you're at the height of your intelligence. Everything is coming easily to you. Uh, you're focusing on a challenging task and you're meeting that challenge, um, and it feels great. Research shows that it, it uh, people that have more flow, uh, uh, you know, learn faster, are happier. Um, you know, we all want more flow in our life. It sounds, you know, just the word sounds great, but but the flow state is really that that you know that heightened state where everything we're really working at the height of our our capacity. Hundred percent. And and for those of our our performers that uh, that are athletes as well, it's you've all experienced those moments, those outer body of experiences when you've had a performance that you can't necessarily put down uh, to to you can't put your finger on it but that was when you've achieved that flow state where everything falls into place that kinesthetic physical and mental awareness is in sync and and it's and it the same thing can be achieved in work i know i've taken a lot of solace in trying to achieve flow state and trying to do things and for those that do know me personally know that i have to achieve flow state otherwise (laughs) none of the stuff is getting done (laughs) yeah well so yeah so so i started doing cave days by myself and um, you know, I, I think the gym metaphor is the is the right metaphor. So some people can go to the gym and work out for an hour and a half by themselves. They're really in it and they don't need any help, right? That's not me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I go for ten minutes and I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> you know, so I go to I go to group fit, fitness classes because I know if I sign up for a group fitness class, I'll work for an hour. That's kind of the same metaphor for what we're doing here. So you know, if you're one of those people that can just go to the gym and and work forever and and and, and you don't need any help um that's awesome and you probably i'm assuming you, you might have that same exp- relationship to your work but if you don't have that experience that's totally normal we you know in our community we have oscar winners emmy winners you know uh huge writers you know people at the height of their game who still need that accountability that support um and so yeah so so you know that's the uh, and there's all this research around you know interval training right we know we know interval training is a way to work work out smarter. Well, there's also research around how to work smarter. Just no one ever taught it to us, and so that's that's kind of our mission is to teach the world that there there is a better way to work. One hundred percent. And one thing I, I really do like about about cave day is that as much as you can train in the gym by yourself and you can you can do your work by yourself, you you can do these things. The the real power for me is sometimes and I, I'm one to do this. I I don't often always reflect on the fact that I actually you need that social cohesion you need sometimes just being around people is really good for the creative process and you can't always put your finger on what it is or why it is but it it just refuels you it re-energizes you yeah well so you know when we when we monitor when we multitask and we look at social media when we you know go go looking for candy on the internet while we should be working you know our brains mm-hmm. are seeking out you know oxytocin and dopamine these you know the love chemical and that and that hit of dopamine so you know, and that's a normal process, right? Our brains are, we're wired that way. That's okay. Um, so, so when I started doing cave days by myself, they were really effective, but they were really draining for me. So we realized that, so I came together with two friends and we, we created a group experience and we found, and I, we found that for us doing it in a group was energizing because we, we, we removed all that dopamine oxytocin by, by monotasking, but then we started creating it within, with amongst ourselves. So when you work, when you, when you do, deep work with others, uh, we find that it really, um, it can be really enjoyable. It's sort of that experience of being alone, but also together. Most definitely. Most definitely. I think it's, it's something that I think we, we've gone into the, the, the hyper connected realm of the, the 21st century, but also lost a lot of our core connectivity. And I think that with obviously COVID and the way that that's meant that we can't actually see people, 
I think that there's so much room and opportunity for, for things like this. And also, we've got such a such a. I mean, I, I, I'm obviously based in the UK, but obviously you would have heard about WeWork and the the number of group working spaces that. For, I don't necessarily know when they're going to start reopening. I think some have but on limited capacity, yeah. and people see the value in that. But I, I don't. I, there's probably going to be somewhere where there's a balance in between the need of having that co-working space like that, but also the almost remote co-working space. Uh, there's there's such a huge, um, such a huge opportunity for people out there. So when I heard about this product, like, this is this is genius. I wish I thought of it myself. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. It's you know we it was. Um, it was a supernatural process. We we started by doing pop up events in New York, and then mm-hmm. we started doing them, you know, multiple times a week in New York. And then about two years ago, we started doing them online. Um, and about that time, we we saw that the the changing in the workforce that some people were working remotely, and some people um, couldn't afford a co working space or didn't find that the co working space actually satisfied the thing that they promised, which was like connection and community. You know, Taco mm-hmm. Tuesdays is, is great, but you know maybe. Maybe someone wants more. You know, I think the co-working spaces that are going to survive are the ones that provide more than just the opportunity to work in a space. Completely, Jeremy. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I'm going to have to segue in because we just took a moment's break and it was just brilliant. Um, Jeremy was just ending one of the, uh, the sprints, uh, one of the cave, uh, just cut, everyone was coming out of the cave. It was brilliant. And I, I said so, I was really grateful that I got to watch it because it was just, it was great. And everyone at the end of the, the session was sharing what they accomplished someone was working on a, possibly a podcast edit and it was quite funny because I was like I want a podcast at this moment it was brilliant um so no I couldn't agree with what you're more of what you're saying that the the importance with those spaces is actually getting value for money is really important and if you're getting those spaces for that social cohesion the ones that will succeed and survive are the ones that help foster that I mean I, w- I was just saying earlier that I um I was wandering through Shoreditch central London and speaking to one of my friends, uh, Drew, he's been on the podcast before. He's quite senior at Mind. And um, those people in those offices, whether you're in finance, whether you work for a charity, banking, you're not going back to your office until sort of Jan 2021, which it, which is just incredible. Yeah, it's uh, it's a new, a new world. And uh, I think, you know, a lot of people are going to, especially parents and, and people that have moved somewhere remote are going to continue to be remote as long as possible. So the question is, you know, the, uh, all the studies of remote work have always found the two biggest challenges are loneliness and uh, bleed into, into life. Like, you know, you're always working because you're always sort of at home with the ability to work. So if, for those of us who are going to continue in this remote work lifestyle, we really have to f- figure out how to set clear boundaries and, and really... Um, get get our social needs met and also uh, make sure that we're not always working so joey to get a little bit more about yourself i'm gonna on a blind side with a question that we we hadn't even thought about what what have you been doing to try and help um maximize that work-life balance yeah so i I mean you know i didn't just create the thing i'm also a member so i go to i go to caves and i really kind of use the cave cave schedule to plan out my life and to make sure that I'm not working too much. So this week I, I made a promise to myself that two days I was only going to do th- uh, one cave, one three-hour cave. And that'll be the all I work, all the work I do that day. Not just because I've been working particularly hard lately. So I've been doing that and I've been, you know, I've been, um, uh, not sh- uh, email is one of my biggest uh, weak points. I just, I, I'm addicted to it. I love it so much. I don't love it, but I, I'm just addicted mm-hmm. to it. I'm addic- addicted to being helpful and to 
and to uh, to not letting anybody down. So, uh, you know, I was just checking email all day long, and finally I made a, a rule three weeks ago, which I've been able to keep, which is just that I can only check email four times a day, which is, you know, it's been that's not a, a crazy unique rule, but for me it's been transformational. Uh, that that strategy changed my life in, in one of my previous jobs working for university. I found that I would always, much like one of your, literally it almost is like cave day is almost my brain because when I look to what you do, do the hardest things first thing, um, kick them off in the first instance. So what I always used to do is don't start my, don't begin my day with emails. I could do emails mm-hmm. a little bit after. So I was used to schedule a proportion of my work from normally about six to eight. So with normally one break in between that would be my deep work for the day. And then as the day progressed, it would be more meetings. And then I would I would check my email only at two points in the day, um, which would be uh, sort of 12 and later in the evening. So what it did is it meant that I would always be caught up my emails, but it, it meant that first thing in the morning, I could get that the real deep work done. Yeah. And, what, you know, if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, that sounds crazy, you know, what you'll probably find is that uh, there are very few emergencies that can't wait half a day. So, you know, and if you do have an emergency or someone, you know, something that needs to, you know, you do need to know if an email comes in, you can either use the, you know, an, an autoresponder to like tell people how to escalate if they really need you. Um, or you can set up filters or, you know, I use a service like uh, Zapier or IFTTT to, um, to, to notify you when a certain person emails you. So there are all sorts of ways to get out of your inbox, even if you think that that's not, I've only met a few people who truly have to live in their inbox because that's their work. Most people can um, create some boundaries there and still and still not get fired. One hundred percent. And I, I always found with, with my the people reporting to me, what I tried to do is instill that in them as well to give them the work life balance. And I found that their productivity went through the roof. But one thing I probably didn't do as well is I, I did always have my not my phone on, but everyone had my phone number. So no one would ring me because it was kind of the rule like obviously don't ring. But it, it had to give me the reassurance that if something went wrong or there was a crisis that it would only be via phone. And, and for me, that gave me the peace of mind that emails were, as I treated them, electronic mail, like post. Right. Um, I know that sounds nonsense, but it, it works quite well. And then for other foot mediums, I would try and bring it back to, to meetings or to, to correspondence that were more, more human in their way of communication. Yeah, and that's the, you know, if you're just, if you're just the beginning of your career, you're, you're, just, you're still a student, that's one of the biggest things that you can do when you enter the workforce is to really clarify these things. A lot of these things are just unstated. You know, my boss seems to think I should work hard, and so I must have to be on email all the time. But maybe that's not true, you know. So if you're, if you're willing to be a little brave and have these conversations and really, you know, create some norms about what's expected, um, it, can, it can really allow you to, to maximize your, your output. And, it's, and I think a lot of managers now are going in the direction of th- they care about performance. It's not necessarily, and, it, and this is how it should be, it's not necessarily the hours you're sat at a desk. It's the output. And that's what I like about the, the sprints uh, with Cave Day because it's all about how much you can do in that amount of time. And it, I guarantee you, in one sprint, you would get more done than you would in a sort of a four-hour amble. Yeah, yeah. No, we see people report they get two to three, two to three times more done in the cave than they do on their own. But uh, you brought up something that your 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 friend Cal Newport uh, wrote about, which is the idea. Of I wish black- he was my friend. <laughs> He's all of our friend. So the idea of uh, uh, black box management. So the the uh, the predominant style of management up until now has usually been 
you, worker, are a black box. I ask you to do things, something happens inside, and then out comes what I want you to, you know, what, what I ask you to do. And if, and if, if you black box figure out how to do it, you stay, you stay at this company. If you don't, we fire you. So that's the old way that people have been using it, this idea of black box management. Something happens inside of you, hopefully you can do what I ask you to do. And, and the, the companies and, and the managers that are getting ahead are the ones that are willing to open up that box and see what's inside. How can we design things to actually improve your performance? What if, you know, you know how, can we, how can we create the conditions for flow and for um, deep work, you know, and, and, uh, and make sure you're, get, you're getting what you need to do your job rather than just like, you, box, do, do a thing. Mm-hmm. I, completely. And I think it's going to be interesting to see as, as we go into a world where space is at such a premium and that we're always looking to demonstrate value for money, return investment, ever more so that actually performance-centric management will, re- and, and the fact that everyone's going to have to learn to, for the majority of roles, learn to do some form of agile working, whether that's 50% in the office, 50% at home, it will vary role to role, but I, I'm seeing this across sectors that you wouldn't have even imagined. I mean, in the UK, we've seen the health sector go to um, consultations uh, via, not via Zoom, via a different medium, but the equivalent of Zoom. And no, if that was a year ago, no one would have said that would have been possible. Yeah, it's it's pushed the world forward with remote work for about 10 years, I think. And uh, it's it's pretty crazy. And so, yeah, we have to, um, you know, our... our you know, another another Cal Newport ism is your your value as a knowledge worker is the amount of time that you have for deep work uh, and your ability to do that work. So, um, so if if deep work is the super the superpower of the twenty first century, how are you cultivating it in your life, and and what do you need to change? When do you need to do it? You need to really figure out when you're at your your most awake, and that's when you should probably be doing your deepest work. And then when you're when you're hurting, when you're recovering, and that's when you should probably do it, be doing as much admin and meetings and email as possible. So it's about figuring out when, when's the, the best time of day for you. Uh, there's a great book called When by Daniel Pink that gets more into that. And then, uh, and then ha- what kind of boundaries do you need to set up around um, the rest of the world so that you can protect your time to do deep work? Uh, before, before Cave Day, I didn't know how to protect my time. I didn't know I had to. I just thought I could do it all. Completely. I mean, I, I, I definitely fall, fell down the trap of always just doing work all the time. I think I need to be working, I need to be working. But in reality, the way that I look at it now is you become more efficient. If you're looking at purely from a, a work output perspective, you become more efficient by being strategic about the time that you're not working. And, and that's statistically proven. And I think the more we go to a learning-centered uh, environment and ways of working, which we are, all of us constantly have to learn to keep up with our roles. It's never been at a far, this fast pace before, so I think ever more it's the importance that we can set time aside for learning. For sure. Jeremy, we said we were going to endeavor to keep this short because we <laughs> maximize the amount of listeners that are going to get on the show, and we've done it. We've sung our praise of Cal Newport. Um, I've because, already been uh, invited back for more. <laughs> no, we'll, def- we'll, we'll definitely have to get you back on. Um, at the end of our podcast, I always like our, our, our guests, particularly from uh, different parts of the world, to deliver some sort of words of wisdom or, or food for thought uh, for moving forward or a bit of positivity. Yeah, sure. So, you know, the, the, something that came up during this interview that we talk about a lot, which we didn't speak about, is the idea of resistance. And so everyone has resistance to, to some, something that they have to do. Um, it's pretty universal. So you might be great at, at uh, you know, A, B, and C, and D, uh, the kinds of work you need to do, and then F, really 
you really struggle with, right? We all we all have resistance to um, to hard work in some way, shape, or form. Maybe it's that keeping up with your, you know, learning learn to code or keeping up with the changing landscape. There's always something that that people struggle to um, to to uh, overcome, and that's totally normal. And right, you know, we can talk about feelings. It's you know, it's it's obviously a, a response to um, to uh, on, on the nervous system level to per- perceived danger. But the other way to think about it is that um, uh, we can we can overcome that by being in community with other people. So um, even if you don't come to Cave Day, find someone else to do deep work sprints with, uh, you know, and, and just allow yourself to be to to share the struggle that you're going through. Sometimes the people that come to Cave Day and say, like, I'm going to try to write an email that I've been avoiding for a month are the people <laughs> that write the email they've been avoiding for a month. You know, yep. so you can you can you can turn your vulnerability into a superpower by teaming up with someone else and, and sharing that you're struggling. Um, and, and odds are uh, that will be enough to overcome and, and start what you need to do, what you have resistance to. So, so just find someone and start. Perfect. Jeremy, thank you for those wise words at the end. Where can everyone get hold of you or Cave Day on social media? Sure. I'm at Jeremy Redleaf, just like a red leaf on all the platforms. And then Cave Day is at, at Cave Day on all the platforms. And then our website is cavedayday.com. Org. If you use the, the code RAFCHATS, all capital, at checkout, you will get a, a free three-hour cave to come check things out. So RAFCHATS, all one word, all capitals, will get you in. Beautiful. We'll link all of that in description. And a huge thank, thank you for Jeremy for, the, uh, for the, the free session. Make sure you all give that a try. I know you're writing your thesis. I know you're writing dissertations. And I know you're all applying for jobs. And what if about not, you? You're... Are you going to come? Oh, I actually know. Genuinely, I was the whole reason I did this podcast is I know I could get a, f- a free three-hour session. Well, well played, <laughs> sir. Joking. Well played. <laughs> I thought I'd save that to the end, but no. Ser- seriously, it's um, it's interesting because I'm actually doing. I suppose I'm actually doing some office space work at the moment. Um, but when I first listened to the podcast, when it when it came out, it you don't have to sell it to me. I've been selling it to you all the time. We've not been on camera. <laughs> Brilliant. Jeremy, thank you so much for your time and all the best with everything. And we look forward to catching up soon. My pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye.